I was really hoping that, you know, I would go into this trail and put myself first and whatever. And I didn't because, you know, it was a hard habit to break overnight. Um, but I definitely learned the lesson of it while I was on trail. And I learned it really hard because it was like, you saved up to do this for 10 years and, you know, you could have, you could have finished it. I could have finished the whole trail. I could have, you know, who knows if I would have, you know, experienced the racism that led to me breaking my toes, but. Welcome to the Hiking Through Podcast. I'm Erin Egan, and you've possibly noticed that the format of this podcast has changed a little bit, from its original focus on gear and strategy to more stories and experiences. This episode is a perfect example of that. Today's guest is Stark Naked, known off-trail as Chandra Washington. They had completed 1,182.1 miles on the PCT before three broken toes pushed them off-trail. With time still left in the season, they finished with epic trail magic. In this episode, we talk about racism on and off trail and the story of those three broken toes, finding their non-binary trans identity while on trail, the not so much fun of ice cold stream crossings, and why sometimes you just need your mom. You can find this episode and all previous episodes at hiking-through.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Stark Naked. How you doing? I'm good and clean, so that's good too. <laughs> hey, I hear you. I, I don't know how you did that on the trail because when I feel sweaty, I'm just like, I can't sleep. I can't get comfortable. <laughs> Especially when you're like super sticky and yes. then you're also covered in bug spray, sweat, and you're like, well, I have three baby wipes, but I have eight days until <laughs> the next stop. So <laughs> not wiping myself down, turns out. <laughs> so, so how do you do that? Like, how do you like balance the ick factor with I have three baby wipes and eight days um well I just I just was I guess the whole time I was just like mind over matter and I'm just dirty now that's totally fine with me I'm gross and dirty and that's fine but then as soon as we got into like towns or like when you're starting to come into a town and you see all the day hikers come through and you're like, Ooh, you smell so much like laundry detergent. <laughs> and, and then you realize, Ooh, we probably smell like the old backwoods of gross right now. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to shower. <laughs> I think it's not until those last couple of miles that you realize how disgusting you are. But, <laughs> you know, you can't talk yourself out of it anymore and you should probably shower. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I think that this is probably the only scenario where the smell of fresh laundry is considered like a perfume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird how like on trail, how disgusting the smell of fresh laundry would smell. 
because we'd smell it on other people. But then like when we would get to town and we would shower and then we'd smell our clothes, we're like, oh, wow. Uh, I'd rather smell fresh laundry like that. (laughs) (laughs) Just let me sit here with this fresh laundry by my nose. Yeah. Although it doesn't matter how much you wash your trail clothes. I like it's been over a year now since I've been off trail and I have washed that shirt. I threw away the pants. I gave up on them. Um, but I've washed that shirt probably, I don't know, a hundred times and it still smells bad. My partner immediately is like, is that your trail shirt? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure is. <laughs> you still pull out the shirt? I still wear it, yeah. It's a really nice Patagonia shirt. I like it. <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah, it definitely smells bad still. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. I've soaked it. I've done everything I can think of rather than throw it away. But I can't throw it away. It's just too nice. There's it's too many memories. Too many memories. It's it's a nice shirt, you know. <laughs> Have you tried? There's that uh, laundry detergent that is supposed to be specifically for sports uh, clothes. Yes. The active wear stuff that they sell at yeah. REI that's like a white powder. Yeah. I've soaked my shirt in it <laughs> for in a Ziploc bag where I'm like, there's no way anything else can go through this. And I left it there for three days. And I was worried about discoloration and I took it out and it still smells just as bad. And I just wasted detergent. I could have used that on anything else, I guess. <laughs> so either the detergent doesn't work or the shirt smells bad. So could be both. <laughs> I, I guess at this point, the the power of the trail, the trail dirt and dust and sweat and, and all of the other things is more powerful than anything else that modern technology can throw at it. Which is interesting because my ex-officio underwear, I couldn't tell them from any other pair of ex-officio underwear that I have. They don't smell at all. I, yeah, I'm kind of bummed that I can't tell them the difference because they're, I bought like 10 of the exact same blue and gray stripes that you'll see all over my Instagram because I don't wear clothes. And I only wore two on trail and I only had two. And when I brought them back and washed them and put them with all the rest of my stuff, I can't tell them apart by wear or smell or anything. They look just the same as everything else. Okay. So everybody go out and get their own versions of the ex officio underwear, basically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That ex officio sports mesh is where it's at. I may have bought out every place that I can find already just based on that. But yeah, they're great underwear. You could be a spokesperson. Yeah, all my pictures are me in those underwear anyway, so <laughs> makes sense. They just haven't found you yet, but but they're coming. I can tell. I feel it. I know. It's my fault. I never tag anybody. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm the same way. I that's why I have somebody else to do the hiking through podcast uh, Instagram account because I would be completely incompetent if left to my own devices. Oh yeah, I I like I posted really well the whole hike, and then like I stopped hiking and I started doing trail magic and like the world ended on my Instagram and I freaked out a bunch of people because they're like, what happened to you? Did you die? And I'm like, I'm responding to you right now. (laughs) Not dead. Don't worry. So hence. (laughs) Yeah. 
and then you know I, I post the post and people are like there you are I'm like I've been I've been like posting stories sometimes like I still exist uh, <laughs> so you know I get it up to our own devices we don't really get much done <laughs> tell me about it hiking is so much easier than writing about it I exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> So speaking of that moment when you got off the trail, I guess probably now is as, as good a time as any to kind of touch base on it. Um, oh, okay. I know, <laughs> we're going to just hard. jump right in. No prep. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. Because I, I know you posted about it on Instagram um, yep. and, and talked about it there. And then you also talked about it with Marie. Uh, yeah. And she did some great illustrations for you to try to capture yeah. that experience. Yeah. It was very, it was actually really funny because she posted saying, you know, with a big Black Lives Matter movement, if there's anybody who wants illustrations done, and I've been following them for a while, and I'm like, ooh, I could, you know, someday I'll be able to afford a picture of me done in the cartoon because they're so good. I love the I illustrations. <laughs> and I saw that, and I was like, well, you normally post about hiking, and you're wanting to know if you can do this and I'm, you know, we could just tie it all in and we can talk about racism on the PCT. And she's like, sounds like a terrible, awesome experience. Let's, <laughs> let's get into that. <laughs> so yeah, I just talked about a couple of like, I want to say minor, which is sounds terrible when you think about it, but just the little, like little things that people say throughout the day, which are just like mm-hmm. irritant and just like, you never know how to respond to them, whether it's being directed at you or being directed at somebody else or whatever, where, you know, it's the like, oh, I didn't even know you were black. I don't see black people on the trail very often. Or sadly, in the very beginning of the trail, there was hiker bingo got brought up a few times. What is which that? I had actually, yeah, I had not heard about it. And then once I found out why people were saying hiker bingo as they passed me, I decided not to um, hang out with those people anymore. But pretty much it's a bingo board that you can find online that has things that you're not likely to see, like a bear or, you know, a marmot outside of the Sierras or a black person hiking. That is so shitty. Yeah. So it was just like things like that. Like in the beginning, I was like, wonder what hiker bingo is. I'm going to look that up when I get to town get to town, smell, take a shower, forget about Hiker Bingo, don't look it up. And I think I didn't look it up until Tehachapi. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. That's what that is. I uh, wish I didn't know. And you guys all suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I actually didn't hear it too much like after that. And then part of me is like, oh, it's because I'm hiking with the same like, you know, group of people that are 10 to 20 miles from me. And so I'm sure hopefully those people are just uh, not playing that game anymore or haven't heard of it or wouldn't care to play the game if they had heard about it, which would be the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Which also, let's be real, I'm still upset that I haven't and didn't see a bear the whole time. <laughs> I, I, slept with, I slept cowboy on next to a log that I smeared oatmeal all over with strawberries in it, hoping to see a bear near Etna and didn't see a bear. So, you know, never seeing a bear, I guess. Um, so, so you, wait a second, before we, we get back to it. So you specifically, <laughs> purposefully, 
put out a bear magnet. Yes, right next to me. <laughs> I like slept touching the log because I wanted to see a bear. And oh my I God. was really bummed because I hadn't seen a bear yet. And I kept on walking by people like somebody named Baloo. Mm-hmm. Sweet guy. Saw eight bears. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, if you saw eight bears, I'm going to see a bear. And, you know, I'm like, I walked 30 miles that day or something. It was like 30 or 30.1. It was actually a day that I encountered racism, so kept on going past the mark I wasn't expecting. And I saw that no bears that whole time. So I was like, okay, there's got to be a bear here somewhere. And just smeared it all over a log and was like, I'm going to find one. Nothing. And then like everybody else I talked to was like, did you see the bear? Did you see the bear? Did you see? No, I didn't see the bear. Okay. <laughs> I lured him over, but I didn't get to see him. I saw a bear print, a fresh one, miles later, but not not that day. It was really upsetting. But yeah, that day I was supposed to hike 25 miles. And around the, like, 25-mile mark, there was water, a water source. And I had gone up stream to get to water that wasn't, like, trampled in and dirty from people walking through it because, you know, I'm picky. And... <laughs> I went upstream maybe, I don't know, 10 yards and then um, started to look for water there. And while I was like crouched down and like pumping water, I look over and saw this like man who was like sweaty and angry and like walking. He was like kind of cursing to himself. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to say hi to that guy. He looks grumpy and I'm here by myself because I was hiking alone all day. And he passed the water and he kept on walking. I was like, cool, I don't have to deal with him. He's southbound. I'll never see him again. And then he started getting really angry at his phone, calling it the N-word, started yelling at it. He was yelling at himself. He was yelling at everything. He was like super angry. And then he turns around and he's like, stupid thing made me miss the water. And when he was walking past me and I saw that he was going, and once he had passed me and passed the water, he had a Confederate flag hanging from mm. his pack that looked like he's carried that thing everywhere with him for his whole life. And he had a pretty solid, probably eight or nine inch knife hanging from his belt loop. And to hear him, see him walk past with it. I'm like, I'm not quick to judge people with Confederate flags. I'm quick to be cautious, but I'm not quick to be like that guy's a racist, but those big knives, I'm not a real big fan of the big knives in general, but it's kind of the same thing. Like eh, some people bring big knives because they're expecting to do something with a big knife. I don't know. But the two of those things together was like, okay, be cautious. And then him screaming the N word as a very, very white man. I was like, okay, be super cautious. He's doing all of the scary things. So then I started to like push myself up into the bush in a way in case he didn't want like the dirty water on the trail thing. He might come right up to the same spot I was. So I like pushed myself away a little bit, rolled on top of my bright orange freaking backpack. It was so orange. And I laid <laughs> on top of it and like pulled the bushes onto me and like hid. Like I was like, I'm alone and I'm with some guy with a huge knife. He's clearly racist. And you know, whether it's just that he throws the N-word around or whatever, but he's wearing a flag, has a knife, very angry and racist. I don't want to be anywhere near him. And then to make it worse, as he turns around, he started yelling louder and clearly directing at somebody. And then I realized this was his hiking partner, you know, friend or whatever. 
he called him all the swear words and was like, if you were faster, we could have found the water faster and called him a bunch of names. And then I had to hide in the bushes for probably 20, 30 minutes with my heart like beating so hard. I'm actually shaking down just remembering it while they pumped water with their slow, slower squeeze that they were also mad at and they have broken right there. I don't know. They have a very angry uh, situation going on and then they pumped their water and then they kept on heading south and I'm like, well, in case they're day hikers, I think I'm going to go another five miles or at least until I find somebody else. And I found two other guys that one had a stove, which I was stoked about. I had ran out of gas and um, they had gas. I could use them, but they let me use everything. Um, but two, it's like, you know, I'm at least there's two other guys with me and like everybody else on the trail, they're white. So hopefully they just see the white guys and then just keep on walking and ignore me. But I never saw them again. Thank goodness. But that was one of the illustration moments that um, Marie had uh, put for me. And that was around Etna where I was trying to see a bear. Didn't get to see one. <laughs> The boys did not know I let out a bear trap near their tents either, and they'll probably <laughs> find out when they listen to this, but uh, we didn't get the bear anyway, so it's totally fine. <laughs> but it wasn't uh, even a trap. It was just a lure. I wouldn't have caught him at all. I would have just true. you know, been eaten, and they would have left. They had tents. I was, I was cowboy camping. It would have been me. It was okay. That was my justification. <laughs> <laughs> the bear will go for me first. Yeah, yeah good for me first. There's no way that he's going to eat 168 pounds of this and still be hungry. You know, they'll be fine. <laughs> oh, the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah, and he had no meal, you know. Never <laughs> shut up. Ready for this party. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was one of the illustrations. And then the other one was the one that got me off trail. But that was, you know, trying to do the uh, Oregon challenge that is the whole hiking all of Oregon in two weeks. And that means that you need to average about 33 miles a day, which with that bear day, I did 31 or something. I don't know. I did 30 something. And I was like, I could do 33. What's another three miles, you know? So what was another three miles? It was actually weirdly, weirdly, it was actually pretty easy to do. Hmm. Um, Cause I started it. Well, we start, I started it with somebody, okay. um, but we didn't hike together physically we had different pacing or whatever. And our plan was to like meet at 15 and then, and do a check-in and then meet at the end. And more or less it kind of worked, but the days that I did it, I was like, this is really easy. And then I'd get to that 15 mile mile mark or like the hour mark that we had set or whatever it was. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm bored out of my mind. And it's 11 AM and I've already done half of it. And you know, I woke up at eight cause I'm lazy. So, um, okay. I'm already done. I'm already done sitting around. Let's keep on hiking. So <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was funny how like how bored you get by just sitting there. So it was actually, the mileage was really easy, but we had done this and I am a great planner for food. So I ran out of food and I needed to go to town to get food. And this was at Fish Lake in Oregon. And if you take the trail, I think it's 1.2 miles to this little general store that's there. But if you take the road, it's 2.3 miles. But there's a chance that you can get picked up. 
And since I was planning on doing 33 miles a day, I'd rather get picked up and drove in than add an additional, you know, two and a half miles to my walk. So I took the road in and walked the whole thing because nobody picked me up on the way in. And I didn't see anybody else trying to go in. The person I was hiking with um, wanted to stay at the trailhead and just wait there because they had enough food. And they're like, I'm not going to walk anymore if I don't have to. So I ended up walking the whole road in and their oatmeal was two fifty a pack. And the only reason I know this is because I had three things of oatmeal left and that was the only thing that was in my food bag. And I did a resupply to get me to Crater Lake and as I was, and I paid for it. And as I was putting it into my bag, the like way that I like, the lady came over and saw that I had three things of oatmeal and she was like, you didn't pay for these. You can't take them. I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't pay for them because they're, they're mine. I, you know, I had these left over and she's like, you can either put them back or you can pay for them. And I was like, I, I, I'd be giving you oatmeal and I need this to get me to Crater Lake. And she's like, again, you can either pay for these or leave them here. So I bought my own oatmeal from her and it was really like hurtful because I'm standing there and there's like people I know that are around there (laughs) and no one's like saying anything and no one's really doing anything because no one knows whether or not that came from me. So they are like, Oh, I'm going to stick up for you or whatever. Right. But I'm like, cool. Did she do that? Cause she really thought I was stealing. Did she think I was stealing? Cause I'm black. Did she think I'm stealing? Cause I'm a hiker. I just spent a hundred dollars in a resupply at this very expensive place, but okay. I'm going to let it slide. I'm already done. I'm going to pack up and go. And there's a nice lady who was like, Oh, I'd love to give you a ride, but I'm shoving my tiny little car full of five hikers and stuff anyway, you know, and everybody's literally shoved in there. She's like, can I come back? But I don't have time. I'm like, no worries. I'll wait for the next thing. And there's nobody. So three of, three of us, there was a guy, two guys and me decided to just walk back. And one of them is a little bit faster than me walking. And one of them is a little slower. So there's one behind me and one in front of me. And we're walking back along the roads, thumbs out, hoping for the best. And a bunch of cars pass. And because, you know, some people just don't pick us up. And one guy pulls over and picks up the guy in front of me. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, hurry my pace so I can get in the car. And I speed up a bit and I didn't get to the car before he took off and left the guy. And I was like, what the heck? So I turned around and the guy behind me is also gone. He also got a ride. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, two, you know, two white guys got picked up. Normally they pick up girls before they pick up guys. And well, my hair is short and people can't tell if I'm a guy or a girl, which is fine because I'm like them, they anyway. But uh, okay, just brush it off. You know, it could be anything. It could be that, you know, they just didn't have space in their car like that other lady or they knew that guy or, you know, try to go through the millions of reasons that, you know, I didn't get picked up. And then this like really good looking white guy in this uh, like 1956 like dream truck for me Chevy truck drives up and it's like red it's, it was beautiful I love the truck the guy was gorgeous and he like slows down I'm like cool he's gonna give me a ride and he leaned out of the window and he said 
I will blink some of this out. But he said, nobody wants you here, you dirty effing N-word. Get out of here. And I hope you die along this trail. And then floored it. And I was like, okay, well, uh, the reason that that lady didn't didn't want to give me my own, my own oatmeal and the reason nobody picked me up on the walk over here and the reason nobody's picking me up on the way back is all true. It's because everybody here is racist. I already don't like Oregon because of previous racist experiences I've had there. And I just started bawling. And I'm like, well, I still have to do 33 miles today. <laughs> so I'm like crying, but I don't have time for a mental breakdown on the side of the road. So I kept on walking and I stepped on a rock that was about the size of a half dollar fully round and bent my middle toe on my right foot all the way back. And I felt it break. Uh. And then I cried even more because why did I step on this rock? I should have just sat down and had a mental breakdown and not broke my toe. I still have 33 miles to finish today. And I kicked the rock because I'm a genius. And I don't know if I broke it more then or what, but I definitely broke it more as I was jogging the rest of my miles, trying to get any other different feeling on that toe other than pure broken glass. And then the next day I was like, well, You know, I'm in the medical field. I know they don't do anything for a broken toe anyway. All they do is they tape, they give you an extra, cost you a bunch of money. They give you an appointment that costs you a bunch of money. And then they give you like $10 tape where they tape your toe to your other toe and support and hope that it grows kind of straight. So I was like, I'll do that. So I put on my Injinji toe socks and I typed my, or taped my two toes together, my middle to my second biggest toe with the that tape that everybody has around their poles. I cannot think of the name right now. Like, is it duct tape um, or Luco tape or tenacious uh, tape? Or? Luco tape. Thank okay. you. Yeah. So I taped it with Luco tape and then I put my regular wool sock on it and I was like, ooh, look at me. I'm so smart. I can still walk a ton of miles. I still have to make it to Crater Lake and walked a bunch of miles. I was feeling pretty good. My foot was totally numb and I hated it, but I was feeling pretty good. And then we finished our miles for the day and I go and I sit down. I'm like, you know what? I want my shoes off and socks off. And I ripped both of my socks off at the same time. Mm. And that's when I broke my second biggest toe. <laughs> oh, ow. They were taped together and I snapped it. So oh. then I okay. had two broken toes and I thought I should never tape them together because I'll do that again. And then there were the mosquitoes were so heavy that my mom actually was concerned for me because she saw that my little satellite thing was registering that I was moving at a six mile an hour pace. And wow. she thought that something was problematic as I was coming into um, Crater Lake. So she messaged me and was like, your device is going six miles an hour. There's no way you're on in a car or a bike. Are you okay? And I'm like, there's mosquitoes everywhere and I'm running and my toes are broken and I want to go home. (laughs) And she's like, okay, cool. So motivation, have fun. And that's how I broke my third toe. I'm pretty sure that's how I broke the other one. So my three middle toes on my right foot were totally broken by the time I came into Crater Lake. 
and they were God. like a fine shade of like purple and green. They were pretty nice. And it went all the way up to like the middle of my foot and the whole underside of them were like puffy and gross. So I was like, oh, well, guess I'm getting completely off the trail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I thought I'd hitchhike out of Crater Lake. And um turns out uh, I'm too brown to hitch out of Crater Lake as well. I spent eight hours trying to get out of there. And I ended up uh, contacting somebody that I had met as they were day hiking who lived near Klamath Falls. And Becky with a hat came and picked me up. And that was very nice of her. And she brought me back to Klamath Falls where I got a rental car and ended up going home. Getting my truck and then coming back to the trail and doing trail magic. I was going to say, but you didn't finish the season. I mean, you you didn't. Your season didn't really end at that point because you did. No, you it definitely. To do trail magic. Yeah, I wanted to see my whole little trail family make it to Canada, and then I also was just constantly worried that somebody was going to hurt themselves if they had to get off trail because I hurt myself. And once I started doing trail magic, one of the number one requests I got was, can you take me to the hospital? Really? And, yeah, I had a lot of people who injured their feet in Oregon because they're all trying to do that, you know, oh, I can do 30 miles a day. Right. So I'm going to push myself. So, yeah, I had a couple of people that I brought to, I think, about nine or ten. I put little stars next to their name in my little book. I could look it up. But it was about nine or ten people that I brought to the hospital in Ashland and then and that was very fast (laughs) and then there was a lot more people when I got to Washington that just needed quick little I need to go to the doc appointments so Was, was most of it feet related or was it also like Giardia or anything like that uh it was foot and possible pregnancy is the one (laughs) (laughs) I never followed up with that person but yeah, they wanted to go go figure out if the trail had a little bit too much magic for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, feet, feet, shin splints was definitely one of them. I told them, I'm like, that's shin splints. They 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 went to the doctor and found out from a doctor and paid yeah, yep. a little bit more money that yes, this was shin splints. Yeah, broken broken toe. Somebody else broke a couple of bones in their foot. Yeah, it was it was a lot of feet injuries. But we were all on slippery shale and stuff in Oregon. It was it was interesting. It was like shale, lava rock, or snow for us. And you, well, you guys were up there early, right? Because you did go into the Sierras, but then you flipped up, correct? Yeah, I yeah I went into Sierras. I got off at Kearsarge Pass, and I went back around Bernie Falls a little bit before Bernie and then went north and got out at Crater. Okay. So yeah, so you were up in Oregon a little early. Yeah, we were up in Oregon pretty early. And I started March 28th. But I also, I got the, what everybody was calling hiker pest because all of us who went to the doctor for it, they didn't tell us what was wrong with us. They couldn't figure it out. Where we all got nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, um, total weakness, muscle loss, and we're out for at least two weeks. Like one one guy I know lost 32 pounds. I lost 12. 
Wow. Um, I lost 12 pounds in 15 days. We were all pretty messed up. I actually went all the way home just by chance. There was a hailstorm, and my mom was like, hey, I'm here as a surprise with the RV. And I felt so bad the first day that I was like, I'd rather go home and wait this out than pay for a hotel or something here. And mom has a no pooping rule in her RV, so <laughs> that was never going to work out. So, um, yeah, I came home, and I spent 15 miserable days off trail and crying at my dad's house and my dad was like well good thing I never get sick my dad literally never gets sick it's so weird but he's like whatever you have at least I won't get it and he didn't get it Mayo didn't get it and we drank out of the same water bottle and we ate the same food so we have no idea what that was but I I was I was wrecked I uh yeah that was that was a horrible time. So I was set back for 15 days, but I still, you know, I still was up in the Oregon pretty early because we flipped all those miles. So you and, and I guess the group around you, whatever, got something, but it wasn't necessarily Giardia or something like that, right? Um, so we got tested uh-huh. to figure out what it was. And the doctors said they have no idea. Um, and they tested all my bodily fluids, anything that came out of me or it could be forced out of me, they took and they couldn't figure out what it was. Same with the other guy that ended up pulling him off trail because he lost 30 pounds. They don't know what it was, but there was a lot of us who came into, uh, what was that Kennedy Meadows South? And we were just vomiting all over the place and we were really gross, but nobody knew what it was and it passed, you know, it just went away by itself. So who knows? Like they, the doctor didn't give me anything. Doctor didn't give any, like a lot of those people didn't even go in. They just stayed on trail. Right. But yeah, we don't know what it was. Mayo didn't get it. And so the fact that Mayo didn't get it, but I got it. We ate literally like we would share food right. and share water. So it was very confusing to both of us. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, now what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good times. <laughs> um, what caused you to when you hit Kearsarge what caused you to say you know what I think it's just gonna be better for me to to flip up well turns out I am a big baby when it comes to crossing cold water and I make <laughs> I saw that horrible sound that uh nobody can stand when I touch my toe into the water and then I make that even longer when I'm walking through it um <laughs> And I have to get completely naked because there's no way I'm walking in cold, wet socks or cold, wet pants in the snow already. So I will strip down to nothing because I can't handle the friction of the wet clothing. So I get totally naked and then I cross and then I put my clothes or dry off and then I put my clothes back on. So it's kind of like a big involved experience if we can't find a log to cross. But I hated it. I hated going in it. And we saw a couple of people who were southbound, which I couldn't understand. And they were like, yeah, the next one, we were just our heads popping out of the water or whatever. And I'm like, cool, I'm super excited for that. I'm not, you know, and then we would find a log to cross. And I'm like, how lucky are we going to be where we can always find a log to cross? And then we got to some seasonal stream before what was Forrester Pass and 
it was so raging. We watched multiple people try to cross it and then just decide they're going to try to cross it first thing in the morning. Um, and they came back and they would, they tented up right next to us. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather walk all the way back than get wiped down river. Cause we also some, uh, heard from my mom who checked my satellite location, trying to figure out why we were in one spot was worried that we were, that I was the person that just got wiped down river. So we found out somebody got wiped down river that day at that spot. So I'm like, wasn't me mom, but thanks for freaking me out even more. Um, so we were either going to have to walk all the way back three days or walk across this river and then go over Forrester and get out. And luckily some uh, rangers came by in the morning because they were trying to find that person who got swept down river and trying to find their stuff or whatever. And they were like, oh, there's a snow bridge about a mile up the river. So we took a snow bridge across, got over Forrester, got out of Kearsarge. And on the way out of Kearsarge, we watched a boulder come down the side of the thing and crash into the lake. And it made this cool echoing scary sound when we, we were going to do Mount Whitney. And when we got there, Mayo and I decided, no, it's not, it's not our thing. It's not part of the PCT. We don't have to do it, but we were waiting for our guy friends that were doing it. And they were the group that went up at like four in the morning and a boulder, the size of an SUV came down with um, like sparks going around it that at the time they all thought was somebody's headlight and they thought that somebody got wiped out by this boulder. So some people just turned back immediately and were like, this isn't worth my life. And my friend, of course, you know, he goes to the very top. And then one of the guys that was in our little group slid down the side of it, lost his ice axe. And another one of our guys found his ice axe and brought it to him and I'm like, what are we doing out here? <laughs> like, we can literally die doing this. And I'm like, you know what I could do? I could flip up and do this when there's no snow. And it's a lot less dangerous. So we got out. And I was like, the happiest human coming out of Kearsarge. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't have to be in the snow anymore. Little did I know it's going to be in Oregon. But I didn't think so. <laughs> right. Um, but I also dislocated my patella like day six. And... When I was going through the snow, I would post hole and I would like bend my patella and just like just a way to just make it really angry again. And then I just uh, then I post hole got stuck under a rock. And as I was trying to pull my leg out and so was Mayo and our guy friend was trying to pull my leg out. I re-dislocated it and I had to put it back and we had to sit there and ice it. And I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't be in the snow. <laughs> universe i hear you i am getting out yeah. and I am okay i'm sorry for what i've done and i will go not exactly so that's why i personally flipped and i was so adamant about just going through and i'm like you know what that might just mean that i'm dead 2019 will be my last year so i'm not going to do that and i'll listen and flip north yeah sometimes that is the best choices we can make is when we listen <laughs> Right? Just totally just be like, you know what? I don't need to die today. It's cool. <laughs> Trail still be there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a heartache because I flipped north and I did a lot of this with Mayo, who I didn't know before the trail. I met at zero and then we hiked together 
after about a week, we ended up being like very hikey together. And then we were, you know, diehard together for the whole thing. But when we got out of the Sierras and flipped north, it was like all burn and, you know, after fire. And Mayo at that point was like, I'm not going to be able to finish the whole trail because of um, the visa time anyway. So, because Mayo's from the Netherlands and was like, I came here to hike the Sierra, so I'm going to go back. And I'm like, well, I literally can't. I can't make that screaming sound. I'll call, cause an avalanche. So <laughs> I kept on going north and Mayo took a train down and my parents actually drove Mayo back to the trail from getting picked up at the train. And yeah, we got separated and that was horrible. So it's kind of good when my toes broke. I'm like, cool, I'll go get Mayo out of Sierra's and we'll go do things together. <laughs> so yeah. Glass half full. Yeah, exactly. Right. Still got to, I got to spend more time with Mayo because my toes were broken. Then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we even tried to hike again and we tried to do Crater Lake. I think we made it like from the, the Crater Lake uh, start, like the little center up to the rim before we were like, we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, we decided we were done. So. When when she went back to the Sierras, did she then go south or did she basically go back to Kearsarge and, and then head back up? Yeah, she went back to Kearsarge and okay. she went back north to finish at Kennedy Meadows North. And she right. had met up with our, our friend that we had met in the desert outlier. So outliers little group and um, and they went all north from there. So your your stream crossing story <laughs> begs, <Okay>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it, it begs the question because your trail name is stark naked but sure is. as i think i know but you will correct me if i'm wrong that actually didn't that trail name didn't start there that trail name almost started probably day one having seen your your monument picture <laughs> So it, I got the name on day three, okay. but it was definitely from day one. We came down with Scout and, Fro- uh, Scout and Frodo's group. So there was like 40 something of us with the, at the very beginning at the start because we were there. And I wanted my monument photo to be me naked because I wear loose clothing. And you can't tell how much weight I've lost if I'm wearing this baggy shirt and baggy pants. And I wanted to be able to tell. <laughs> and I don't care about clothes. They're kind of a waste of time and money, but whatever. I'll wear them because I have to. Uh, so I climbed up there, stark naked, and tossed my phone to the closest person, which is funny. That ended up being Mayo. And asked them to pick a picture of me. And, I, and before I got up there, I said, if anybody's you know, uncomfortable with nudity, you might want to turn around. <laughs> Morning um, now. Yeah, like whatever. And everybody asked that I robe on the monument. No, I'm not that skilled. I had to do it on the floor and then climb up. So yeah, so I climbed to the top and took the pictures and then hopped down. And then three days later, I and I got a bunch of random names thrown at me that I'm like, I don't like that because it involves drinking and I've never had a sip of alcohol. So don't want that name. But then I got three days later, I met this sweet old man named Vincent. He's 77 and he's hiking the trail. And he's like, oh, you started on the 28th. Like, you know, there was a lady who got completely naked 
or got stark naked and was up on the top of that. Did you happen to see her? And I was like, oh, I have like a kind of a weird angle. And then I smiled and he's like, that's you? You're stark naked? And I was like, I guess I am now. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of like that name because, you know, get in the car with kids. You don't want to use some of the names that I was thrown at. But I could say Stark if I was in the car mm-hmm. with a bunch of kids and a hitch. So I was like, that's a good name. I'll take that. So that's how I got my trail name. But also, yeah, anytime I could be naked, I am like, to be honest not wearing clothes now there's no reason (laughs) (laughs) i don't know when it's awfully hot i i can totally see your point yeah there's there's yeah heat wave why would i have to do you know do laundry when i don't have to it makes no sense my dream is to hike the whole pct without clothing on but then i remember there's snow and it's cold and i'm a baby so yeah did you do any hiking uh naked or close to naked? Um, I did a lot of it in my underwear and the t-shirt. So that, that Patagonia shirt that I never took off and the, the ex officio that I wouldn't take off. You like, you look at pictures that I may have not posted all on the internet and I am definitely not enclosed. Anytime that we would take a break, I'd strip down and like lay naked or when we would get to the camp, I'd be like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Everything's off. And I'd walk around naked. I, the, some of the boys decided that maybe they're not going to get uh, hotel rooms with me anymore because I don't care about clothing once I'm in the hotel room. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're like, my wife or girlfriend back home or whatever is not going to be okay with this. And I'm like, tell them I'm gay. Who cares? <laughs> I'm not interested in you anyway. <laughs> if your wife is coming, though, let me know. But <laughs> Yeah, no, I I was naked all the time. Uh-huh. Anytime I could be, I was naked. But, uh, you know, the backpack straps make it really uncomfortable to not wear a shirt. Yeah. And uncomfortable to not wear something that covers your hips. So the underwear and the shirt tend to, to stay on. And shoes. Ugh, not doing it barefoot. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I couldn't even imagine not doing it barefoot. But I totally get your point about the straps and the hip belt. Yeah. If there was a monumentous occasion, I'd take my clothes off. (laughs) Papa Forrester Pass on my Instagram, that's by far my favorite photo of me in years. I look so good. That was like peak body looking for me. I was so happy with that picture. And then you've got (laughs) the epic landscape around you. and Yeah. It's like I'm at the highest point of the PCT right now. It's covered in snow. I didn't die. And look how fit I am. Dang. Hey. <laughs> then I ate a Snickers bar. <laughs> and it, you probably burned it off in the next two seconds. Oh, I don't know. I probably burned it off. Yeah, actually that day for sure. Cause I was post holding it crazy and then glissading and then post holding. <laughs> the climbing out of my post holes definitely burned my off. Yeah. How was glissading? Oh, it was so much fun. We did the wrong thing. Apparently, you're not supposed to wear your um, your spikes. Why can I not come up with the name for those right now? Um, micro spikes? Yeah, your micro spikes or your the like more intense ones that I cannot remember the name of. Crampons? Um, yes, thank you. It's been so long. It's been so good. It's like last year. You're out of but, practice. You know. Yeah, COVID too. Like what? <laughs> what snow would I be seeing in California? 
yeah, you're not supposed to wear those while glissading. Um, you're more likely to like break your leg if you catch something with them. But I, of course, didn't find that out until I was done glissading because I probably would have taken them off. But, oh, man, we went down the side of, gosh, I was right after Forrester Pass. And we came down the side of something and I went down it thinking, like, this one looked too steep. <laughs> it seems like a good time. So we other people have done it at least because there's three little indents. And I went flying down that thing. And I was so happy that at the end that I didn't die. And I turned around and I was like, okay, Mayo, it's safe. You can go. And I look up and I'm like, oh, I have to keep on looking up. This is really deep. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, there was a couple of them where I thought, oh, that, that, that was a bad idea. We shouldn't have done that. But some of them too would just be like hard packed ice. And you'd find that out halfway down. And those oh. really hurt your bum. Yeah. Um, but the ice was better than rock. And that last day when we were coming out of Kearsarge, we had somebody warn us on the way that it was coming back up Kearsarge to get back on trail. It was like, we just watched somebody break their ankle or their leg because there's one of these that has a huge rock in it and you can't see it. So you get onto it and you slide down and then there's a huge rock and he hit his leg on the rock and he broke it. So, you know, be careful as you're glissading. So then our glissading got really slowed down at that point because we're like, we're going to break our leg on all of these. So we saw it though on the way down and we don't know how that guy is. We don't know if he's okay or anything, but there was no way you could have been okay if you went down that. And we walked back up and we put sticks in the top of it to let people know not to go down it. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. That was not an okay one. No one would be okay if they went down that. So, but the glissading, so much fun. I think I took like a hundred videos of me like sliding. It makes you feel like a kid. I can see that. It has such a cool name. (laughs) Sorry, say that again. It has such a cool name. (laughs) Yeah. To glissade. I don't know. It sounds like you like you've come up with some cool sport that. You, you could be very great at it, but it's just, it's just sliding on your butt in snow. <laughs> I know, but it's sort of one of those words that sounds, strangely enough, like what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That it, that it works just way too well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when you started out, your mom had her RV down at, down there as well, right? Um, when I started out, my mom was purchasing her RV okay. in Canada. And okay. then she was like, I'm going to go on trips and follow you the whole way. And I'm like, Mom, I'm 31. I'm an adult. I'm 30. I don't know how old I was when I did it. I must have been 30. And I'm like, you don't, you know, you don't need to follow me. And then as soon as I got off the plane, I realized I needed my mom. I will well, now I'm admitting it. So I was like, I didn't write this on Instagram. But I had sewn in a lead pack into the base of my training backpack. And I had packed, you know, a couple of things I'd need for camping on had this training backpack. And I'd go on these like daily training hikes. And then I'd come back and be like, okay, well, that was really heavy. I'm so strong, blah, blah, blah. Up myself, right? Um, so when I was like last minute throwing my pack into my, uh, stuff to get into the car to go to the plane to get to the trailhead, I grabbed the wrong backpack. Oh no. 
And like, I didn't have a puffy and I didn't have a lot of the things that I wouldn't have needed for a day hike. I had a lot of the things, but I didn't have everything I needed. I had the wrong, pretty much everything. I had the wrong everything. <laughs> I had my second, my second best everything. And then a pack that had <clears throat> 30 pounds or more sewn into it that I couldn't take out without ruining my pack. So I needed oh. my mom <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I was like, so remember how I told you I'm an adult and I can do things by myself. I take um, it back. Mom, can you please come help me? <laughs> yeah, I take it back. Can you bring me my backpack that has all the right things? So, yeah, so she came down pretty quick <laughs> and was just excited to like test out her RV and go on trips and stuff. My parents decided to get a divorce that year, and Jeez. this was her first big independent year as herself, so she was so excited about this RV, and I was like, cool, you can come down and bring me right back. So, yeah, and we got showers, outdoor showers, and fresh fruit on the trail, and yeah, it was cool. So she did She did a, quite a bit of, like, coming and visiting until she was, you know, she does her own thing. So she was biking across America, so she stopped helping me at some point and then went home, dropped off her RV and then started biking across the U S. So then I didn't see her again until after the trip. <laughs> you know, with that statement slash comment, I could completely go down the rabbit hole, but I'm going to restrain <laughs> myself here because I would get too curious about biking across America and that would just defeat the purpose of a podcast about through hiking. So yeah, <sighs> Well, the only reason I actually am through hiking is because of biking across America. It's something awesome. I wanted to do. And I told my mom I wanted to do this. And she said, I'm a crazy person. Nobody bikes across America. And I showed them all these people that bike across America. And she's like, well, you're not going to do it. You don't even bike now. So then 20 forever ago, I don't know, 2010, 20 something like that. I started getting into biking and I biked a lot and I try to, go on this like 30 mile bike ride, which was a lot for me at that time. And my mom said, I can't go alone. Pick one of my six siblings to go with. <laughs> and I called all of them and they were all like, no, or hell no. So I told my mom, no one's coming. You know, you had all these kids, you had seven kids and nobody else wants to bike with me. And she's like, well, you're not going alone. If you can fix up my bike by the time I'm off work today, I'll go with you. I'm like, <laughs> okay. You're like 60, mom. Okay, whatever. So I fixed my mom's bike and she went on a 30-mile bike ride with me. And she hated me because I actually had told her it was five. <laughs> it was not five, it was 30. <laughs> um, and then the next morning she texted me from bed, which is not good. She normally will wake me up by pounding on my door. She's mad at me and texting means that she's furious. Because she, she can't move? Yeah. So she was like, this is what wrecked my body. And I'm so mad that I'm out of shape. And I read mm. on the internet that getting back on a bike is going to make this easier for me. So if you want to go on another bike ride, I'm like, I thought you were going to kill me, mom. I thought you were going to have six kids. Um, so we went on more bike rides. And we ended up doing these 115-mile loops around the Bay Area where you bike from Campbell to Oakland, take the bar across Oakland to San Francisco, and then bike all the way down. We do this. And... And I told my mom, you know, I still want to bike across the U.S. And she's like, cool. And then she signed up to do it without me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
How rude. (laughs) Upplayed by a 65-year-old woman hiking across the U.S. in 58 days. I'm like, well, now I can't do it because who's going to be impressed by me? (laughs) Right. So now I got to do something else. My mom does this, so I got to do something else. So I was like, fine. You know what else I've always wanted to do is walk across the U.S. like Forrest Gump, except for I hate running, so it's going to be walking. So I looked into the Transamerica Trail, and it's not a thing yet. I looked into the AT, and I started reading books about it and then hearing how racist and scary um, it used to be and how they booby trap people. And I asked that one black guy I saw that did it and he's like, oh, I got held up at gunpoint doing a hitch in. He's like, ah, you know, being black does play a factor. And I'm like, okay, AT is out. And then the continental divide is the longest one. So no thanks. So I'll do the PCT. It goes by the house anyways, you know? So that's how I landed on the PCT. And then I worked from 4 a.m. until 11 p.m. every single night for a long time until I made enough money to go. But yeah, so my mom biking across the U.S. the first time, um, I think she's working on her like fourth or fifth now, but you know, was uh, why I am, why I decided to hike anyway. <laughs> when, when was her first time biking across the country? 2014. So that's kind of when you then had the impetus to pseudo hike your own hike? 2012 is when I decided to hike my own hike because uh, my mom signed up for it in 2012. And uh, there was no way I could make enough money to do a bike. And that's what my mom pointed out. She's like, you are poor. Not that I was poor. I just, you know, I couldn't afford a 10 grand trip in two years at that point. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do something that costs even more, it turns out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I decided on the PCT then and then got put all my efforts and spare pennies into that fund. (laughs) And how I talk to a lot of people who, when they go out and do their first through hike they either never want to hike again but more often they're like looking for their next hike particularly their next through hike how did (laughs) when you came off the trail like what was your take on it do you want to get back out there or mine is totally mixed i have days where my partner is like hey do you want to go on a hike today and i'm like ew gross outside i'm literally not going out there yeah, like, or I'll go out and I'll do it and I'll be like, cool, I did four miles and I'm out of breath and I'm tired and I should go take a nap. Um, and then there's other days where I'm like, okay, um, I need to really like take this serious and start gearing down so that I can finish the PCT again. But in my heart of hearts, I know I'm going to do it again. I know I'm doing the PCT. I need to finish it. You know, I can't, I can't start a Instagram story without finishing the story. Like, <laughs> I can't start a book without finishing the book. Like I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I have, I have that issue where I can't leave something un, uncompleted. So I will start the PCT again at the beginning and finish it at the end someday. Uh, clearly not this year because I'm right. living inside this year, but um, no, I, I will, I will do it again. My partner's walking around. So I'm going to go stand in the closet real quick. Like, like some queers do. Um, <laughs> nice little aside there. 
while I'm in the closet, I'll let you know that um, I'm proposing to my partner on Monday. So very cool. Um, yeah. So <laughs> when um, when that goes down, life is going to change a little bit as well. Yeah. Um. So you know, being engaged and hopefully married soon might change the timeline on when I finish doing the PCT, but they're also super supportive and they have said multiple times that if I do it, that they'll be at every trail town to make sure I have enough food and that I'm not eating too much sugar because <laughs> I love sugar. <laughs> and the, and through hike is a perfect excuse to eat sugar. Yeah. I mean, it is. I, but although I know a few people who did the PCT sugar free. So oh, more power it's to be done. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So with that, I I don't know if it'll be even next year, but you know, twenty twenty two is a good year. <laughs> That's right. It's got a certain symmetry to it. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but February second or February twenty second, twenty twenty two is a Tuesday. So I uh <laughs> that seems a pretty early time to start a trail though. That's way too early to start a trail, but it's really cool that it's just a bunch of twos in a row. <laughs> yeah, that could be a, that could be a depending upon how long you wanted the engagement to last. That could be a a nice day for a for a, an exchange of vows. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've uh, kind of joked about that. <laughs> and then uh, a, a little honeymoon, and then uh, you're gone for the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, We've already got this plan sure. for you. Yeah. I will. Part of me is like, hopefully there's a baby by then. So mm. <laughs> that will also change things. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So being away from a baby, you know, I heard people talk about that on trail. Like I have a brand new baby and I'm like, what the heck are you doing out here? How can you have a new baby and spend six months minimum away from them? You know? And, and what was the response? They were like, well, it's easier to do it now while they're just crawling than when I am going to miss their basketball game. And I'm like, good point. Okay. I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, they're not going to remember that you were gone, but they will remember that you didn't make it to their basketball game. I know that my dad went to every basketball game of mine, also because he was a coach, but (laughs) I remember it. (laughs) Remember he was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would remember if he wasn't. Because my mom wasn't, because my mom was at my brother's basketball game. Because again, I'm one of seven children. It's not time to be at all of our things. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the trail again, what would you do differently? Um, number one, I would not bring a backpack full of lead. Um, that is a terrible. <laughs> um, That's almost a gimme. Yeah. Um, I kind of learned the lesson that I was hoping I wouldn't learn while I was on trail, which is what I have kind of done my whole life. I have put my needs and my wants aside for somebody else. And the PCT was supposed to be for me one of these big things where I did it myself. I did it for me. And I did it, uh, you know, because I wanted to and not because it would 
you know, benefit anybody else. And although I love Mayo with all my heart and I'm really happy that I spent a lot of time with Mayo, there were definitely days that I could have kept on hiking, but they didn't, you know, she didn't want to. And there were days that she could have kept on hiking, but I didn't want to. And because we were, you know, super infatuated with each other, we didn't separate from each other. But when it came down to, you know, Mayo wanted to hike the Sierras and it wouldn't matter if I was there or not. Mayo actually was, you know, adult enough to be like, I'm going to separate and I'm going to go do the things that I need to do. And even though we both cried about it for many days, we were able, you know, to separate. And I struggle with that my whole life about putting others before me. I mean, my job is even putting others before me. And, you know, I, I do in-home massage therapy for people who are most of the time not able to leave their homes. And while I was on trail, three of my clients passed away. Um, so I work with people who need to be put before other people. And that's what I do all the time. So I was really hoping that, you know, I would go and do this trail and put myself first and whatever. And I didn't because, you know, it was a hard habit to break overnight. Um, But I definitely learned the lesson of it while I was on trail. And I learned it really hard because it was like, you saved up to do this for 10 years and, you know, you could have, you could have finished it. I could have finished the whole trail. I could have, you know, who knows if I would have, you know, experienced the racism that led to me breaking my toes. But, um, you know, I could have done, I could have done it if I wasn't so distracted by, you know, whether or not I was taking care of this person or, um, who didn't need taking care of, you know, but, you know, we were taking care of each other for, fun times and we were you know dating on the trail and whatever um but I could have definitely been my own person and separated and hiked my own hike and when I do it next time one hopefully I'll be married so that won't be a distraction um but you know two I I am going to definitely do it for me and if my trail family is slowing down or going too fast for me or whatever, I'm going to be okay with separating from them and meeting and making a new trail family. Especially after doing trail magic and just realizing how many amazing people there are on the trail. You know, there's, there's more people that are hiking that I can always hang out with and, or be alone. Maybe that's all the Baloo saw so many bears. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have the noise of everybody else tromping around him. Yeah. Also, you know, I read a lot of books while I was on trail, and I don't think I'll do that next time. I think I'll listen to nothing. It seems weird to think that, but I think I'll listen to books while I'm in my tent if I do it next time, but I don't think I'll do it while I'm walking as much I kind of like the sound of the rhythm that's one of the things I miss the most is the rhythm sound of walking on the trail and 
I don't feel like I heard it enough because I was listening to Sherlock Holmes or whatever random book. You were you were distracting yourself? Um, I just really wanted to know how the Sherlock Holmes books actually go because we have all these references of them, but I don't <laughs> never read them. So my curiosity was just overwhelming. So I had to just know. I felt like I could, after reading it, I'm like, I actually knew how all of this would go because of all the references. But, you know, won't know until you try it. Um, True. In the Odyssey, you know, in high school, they told me to read it. So I said no. And then I really loved Old Brother, Where Art Thou? So I'm like, fine, I'll read the book. And it was really good. So I was really happy with that one. But... <laughs> Yeah, just like curious books where I'm like, I've never had the time to do this, and I really should. So, yeah, I, I think I'll listen to the trail more next time for sure, though. <laughs> I, I think you literally just gave me the perfect quote for the episode. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> How was it on this trail this time around? You know, I mean, there was there was the 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 pain and and of separating from Mayo, but once you kind of moved on from that, once you moved on into your own hike, and oh god, I did. Say again, I did not. Ooh. I hiked somebody else's hike, and all the way. When I separated from Mayo, I ended up hiking with somebody else. And it was their way or the highway. And like, I get it. We all have goals. And just like I just said, you know, it's either do this or don't hike with me. And that's how I should have been doing. So do I agree with how they were doing their hike? Yeah, for sure. Hike your hike, you know. But I should have highwayed it. And I didn't. And I would get to that point where I'm like, you know what? I'm not hiking with Mayo. So it's not like, you know, I can ever have my heart broken that hard on the trail anyway, again. So I'm just going to hike alone. And I would start to, and then somehow (laughs) we would end up hiking together again. Either they would apologize or I would apologize or whatever would happen. So it was, you know, getting, it was getting pretty serious. So you got caught in hiking somebody else's hike. Yeah. And we hiked together again. And then, you know, when it came down to, you know, bad things happening, like my toes breaking, whatever, it still didn't matter. It was still somebody else's hike. And that's that real big, like you should have been doing this for you the whole time. Why are you, why are you not? And if I was doing it for me, you know, maybe I would have stopped at Fish Lake and not broke my toes. Like, there's a lot of those, like, why did you do this kind of thing? So, yeah, I learned my lesson after the trail, completely off the trail, to hike my own hike. (laughs) Have you taken that lesson into your life in general, off the trail? Yeah, yeah, which is funny. Um, <laughs> Why is it funny? Well, uh, when I when I when I got off trail and um, mail had flown back and um, I'm you know home now and 
I was like, you know what? Like that was such a like big emotional thing, like the trail, the losing the trail, Mayo, losing Mayo, all of that. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not going to date anymore. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to make sure that I've got my own life set before any of this. And one of the big realizations that I had while I was on trail is that I am trans to um, non-binary. Right. So um, I felt that way my whole life, but then like, like actually realizing that there's a term for it and whatever, I'm like, oh, cool. There's, you know, there's this. I was like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go like pay attention to this realization about myself and that I should, you know, meet other people who are trans non-binary and like make friends with them and figure that part of me out. And the very first person I met who was trans non-binary is Constance. And uh, when we met, I was like, damn, this person's hot. I don't know if I'm supposed to be friends with this person. This is going to be rough. And we hung out the first day putting together the worst puzzle ever together. (laughs) And uh, we put like 12 pieces in in hours and we were trying. It was a horrible puzzle. And uh, we burned it. It was great when we were done. Um, But literally burned it. Yeah, we put that thing in the fireplace and burned it. It was terrible. It was a terrible puzzle. Um, But uh, after we hung out that first day, I slept on the couch and nothing happened. And uh, when they left in the morning, I messaged them and was like, yeah, uh, we're supposed to meet as friends and be friends. But I am way too attracted to you for that to ever happen. So... Yeah, just throwing that out there. You're not attracted to me, and this isn't going to be something. I cannot be your friend. Like, I, I, that's literally not where this is going to go. And then, uh, you know, a couple of days later, well, mo- like a month later, quarantine <laughs> happened, and we had to shelter in place. And I was house-sitting, and I lost my house-sitting gig, and they're like, well, it's only a month. Come and quarantine here. Uh, so, only a month. you know, and now you know what has gone down since then. But um, yes. that's why that's why I say it's kind of funny that like you know I put this discovering who I am and everything in the front and being me and not letting other people's choices and whatever be a deciding factor on mine and I've met this amazing person out of it and anytime I'm like well this is how I feel about this and this is how I want things done they're like then let's do it that way. You know, like I can, I can always say that, you know, I want this or I need this and they're always really understanding and on top of it. So it's great. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, you know, spending six months in quarantine with somebody, you really get to know them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just had an intensive study. Yeah. Yeah. It really puts everything in perspective on what's important and what's not and all of that and how well you can get along and how well you can disagree yeah and we get along very well and we disagree rarely but when we do we still get along the whole time and that's the thing that is pretty great also we're doing the world's biggest house projects which is why i'm sorry i had to hang up and shower earlier i uh no worries 
covered in sawdust. <laughs> I, I saw some of your pictures. Yeah. Or I went back and saw, looked at some of your pictures. <laughs> I love that because I think that's, that's something that people struggle with because a lot of people have described being on the trail as being sort of potentially the best version of themselves. And then they come off the trail and it's like, how do you keep that person and the lessons you've learned and, and the way that you walked in the world or wanted to walk in the world alive when you get back to the rat race that is the the other world? The world. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love it's, hearing it's that you've been able to. Hard. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard to transition off. And, you know, just even just simple things. Like when I was doing trail magic, I did I did eight days of trail magic on Potato Hill in Washington. And I went out there with enough food to feed an army and um, a movie projector and a pop-up. And we watched movies at night and I made breakfast and made dinner for people. And we just, I just had a freaking blast. It was so much fun. I couldn't walk to get water. So I, I would give a southbounder a note to give a northbounder uh, <laughs> have them bring me back water. <laughs> can't, can't make coffee for you without water. Please bring extra and here's a container. Um, so uh, while I was there, I had to get food, you know, to bring these people. And um, I was like, well, I'll just hit up the Safeway closest to Potato Hill. And um, that whole town was covered in Confederate flags. And I thought, I'll actually drive another hour out of my way. <laughs> I'm going to go further <laughs> and just go to that Safeway instead um i don't want to get out of my car here you know so it's like it was kind of like that harsh like i don't know what these flags mean to these people um but considering that they don't live in the south we're in washington uh, i really don't know what these flags mean to these people but i'm uh, being a gay black woman or if they knew i was trans a gay black trans person in the middle of this just seems like really bad idea so you know you get off this happy-go-lucky town a trail and into the harsh reality really quick and that was that was uh definitely interesting that i'm like okay well i'm gonna get every single thing i possibly could need (laughs) including a dvd player and dvds (laughs) uh to get back on trail like and that was that whole well, this is me and this is my protection and this is what I want to do. And I still want to do trail magic for people. And I'm not going to let this town tell me I can't, but I'm going to go to the next one and see if that town can tell me it's okay. (laughs) But it's definitely like, it's definitely different being able to do the things that you want to do in this perfect little environment with happy people on trail versus, you know, the people who are out there in real life and having to go back to work and, then having work taken away from you because you can't go into people's homes and touch them while you have to be quarantined and six feet away. So my job became illegal when I came home. So. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was illegal from March uh, 17th to July 23rd. And now it's lifted, but we can only do it outside and everybody has to wear masks and all that and a lot of my in-home people they can't get outside of their own house they're connected to oxygen tanks and bedridden so 
I still can't even, I still can't really work. So definitely uh, putting yourself first when you're in a totally skewed Black Lives Matter protests everywhere kind of situation. It's definitely been hard. I live in a town too where there's a lot of Blue Lives Matter ribbons around and it's it's interesting. (laughs) It it really makes you question your self-worth when there's literally ribbons out there saying that you don't have any. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's been... Putting the value judgment right out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've gotten that my whole life. There's no black person you'll ever talk to who hasn't had some sort of racism thrown in their face, no matter where they go, no matter what they do. But, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is definitely useful to get it into people's view. But the sad thing is, is when it's up there and out there more, the more the people who don't want Black Lives to Matter really show up and remind you that they exist. And they definitely show up. They definitely remind you. And that's been interesting, too. Just like, you know, I think before the Black Lives Matter movement, I had like my, what, 500 friends that followed me on my Instagram. And then that um, illustration was made and it went to over a thousand. And I had to block people for the first time because they just sent me private hate messages. And, um, and that was interesting. You know, it's like, wow, you know, this this is your time to shine, I guess, with your hate. But it's it's definitely that surprise of, oh yeah, you know, I'm very happy I'm not gaslighting myself and saying that these things don't exist and that I'm overreacting to things and that yes, you do exist and you are still throwing your hate in every direction. So, you know, thanks for making me not feel like I'm crazy. But yeah. Ugh kind of don't want you to be here at all (laughs) yeah and it and and it's it it's on the racial racism side it's on the sexism side it's on the homophobia side it's yeah on the transphobia side on the transphobia side yeah there's on the there's on the yeah sexist racist (laughs) all the things that i'm like cool 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 i'm a minority in all of these situations and my partner is trans as well, so awesome. Like we're just we're just feeling it from every direction. So it's uh it's it's just been it's it's definitely been interesting. The whole protest too. It's like, well, if I already didn't feel like I was gonna die by going outside because of COVID, the one thing I wanna show up for is these protests. But and then I'm either gonna die because I'm gonna get COVID at a protest or because someone's gonna notice I'm black. And they're really not going to like me there. Or, you know, there's going to be a cop show up and they're not going to like us there either. So I think I'll just agree with the stay at home order and let the very nice white people who are showing up for the cause show up for the cause. So thank you all. (laughs) Every single one of you who's brave enough to go to these things. Thank you for going to them because I'm way too scared. I've had Cops point guns at me enough to know that they point guns at me. So I will, I'll stay inside. <laughs> yeah, you, you check, I think, all the boxes. 
I do. Yeah, I check all the boxes. The, the only box that I don't check is being born male and being trans. Right. Yeah. In that, in that rate, I think I only have an average of four more years to live because their life expectancy of a black trans woman is 35. So, you know, throws you all in perspective. And I think that that's the most important thing is perspective and understanding being open to those perspectives. Yeah. Because nobody, nobody's sure. going to know what it feels like to be you, to live your life unless they open their minds and their hearts to hearing your story. Yeah. And you know, like, I, like we're both saying, like putting it into perspective, you know, mm-hmm. somebody asked me recently because of this whole thing, like, how does it feel being black and going outside to a world that doesn't like you all the time? And I said, you know, of any time, women kind of always feel this way, you know, walking home from the bar, walking to your car from the bar, that fear of that guy who's standing over there, you know, what is he going to do? That fear, that's, that's kind of that same fear. And if you don't know what that feels like, if you're not a woman or you don't hang out at bars or whatever it might be, you know, how about COVID? In the very beginning of COVID, when we were all actually afraid of it and all actually believing that this is a scary thing, we all felt that fear that if we go outside just to go to the grocery store, that it might kill us. We might be doing some dumb, simple activity like going to the grocery store and we'll come back and we'll have this thing that's going to kill us and kill our family. And that's how us black people feel every day. We might just be driving to pick our kids up at at school and a cop will pull us over because they saw what we look like and kill us. And that's that same fear. Yeah. I mean, I went on a walk with my mom and I'm black and my mom is white. Um, my dad's black and my mom's white. And it was cold. So we were wearing jackets and mine had a hood on it, but my mom did not. And we were walking. I, we were geocaching the worldwide scavenger hunt. Quite fun. And my mom had the GPS. So she's walking first and I'm walking behind her. And we got surrounded by five or six cop cars and all of them guns drawn and all of them were pointed at me. And they all told my mom, step away and we are keeping you safe. And my mom was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> this is my kid. You're not doing anything bad. Put your guns down and go take care of somebody who actually needs help. And uh, my mom has always been that big, you know, we call her a polar bear because she's white and we like to tease her because, you know, <laughs> race is brought up in, brought up what in, in our family. But um, my three of my siblings are white and three of my siblings are black like me. But yeah, my mom's always been the first person to say, you're doing this because my kid is black. It has nothing to do with anything else. And we'll shut down racist things from the get. But, you know, I could have just been hanging out with my mom and been killed because they thought I was going to rob my mom if I was wearing a hoodie and walking behind her. So it's that constant, you don't know what you're going to be doing. 
And likely some, it was probably somebody in the neighborhood who called. Yeah. Somebody driving by and was like, yeah, this looks dangerous. Who knows if they have a gun? They must've said something like that because you they don't show up gun cold, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were acting suspiciously. That's all you need to say. You know, look at Elijah McCain. He was dancing. Yep. You know, so, and he was wearing a mask before it was cool. Now it's like, hey, COVID, wear a mask all the time. You know, my partner's <laughs> white. And <laughs> my partner's white and I'm black. And when we go for a walk, I'm holding their hand because, you know, I live in an area where Blue Lives Matter ribbons are everywhere. So do I want my partner and I surrounded by guns? No. So if my dog poops, we both have to stop. You know, there's those constant little things that we have to be aware of because, we don't know why somebody will call, but somebody can call, and a call can mean that we're going to die. Well, I'm going to die. They'll be okay. Not emotionally, but physically. <laughs> right. But, yeah, it's little things like that. You want to put it in perspective. If you don't know if you're going to die when you leave your house today. Or stay home. It's, there it's a good days. reminder. Yeah, yeah. People get, you know, killed in their own home. Brianna Taylor. You know, you just don't know. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should? Um, you know, a lot of people recently, because of the trail and because of this Black Lives Matter thing, me reaching more people than just like my regular friends, um, have asked me what it's like being trans and gay on the trail. And gay got brought up because I brought it up because I was like, hey, who's gay around here? You know, <laughs> um, but gay never got brought up once other than by me. And, you know, but nobody, not that nobody cared. It's just nobody was bothered by the fact that I was gay. And I met a lot of other gay people on trail. Not as many as I was expecting. I was expecting like it to be like full of lesbians. And it was going to be like a wonderful <laughs> lesbian summer camp of hiking. Every time I somebody was like i'm straight and there were a woman i'm like what what are you what why are you out here also not 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 why you're out here but like why are you wearing those pants and then i'm like oh yeah because they're comfortable duh (laughs) your nails are trimmed because we're outside all the like regular indicators of queerness that i would expect because you're a hiker okay well that makes sense (laughs) dang it you're very attractive have fun with your men you know Uh, new rules um yeah, it's, it's very gaydar on trail, so hard, so hard. Um, but yeah, there's, there was, um, other than there being a lot less lesbians than I expected, um, gay, gay was like never a problem. I never had guys say anything inappropriate to me, like, oh, we get to make out with that girl in front of me. Like, I want to, you know, I, you didn't get that pervy mm-hmm. thing happening. Right. Um, there was a couple of gay boys on trail that I knew. They were so sweet. And, as far as I know, they didn't have any problems. I met a lot of, uh, really, a lot of the people that picked me up while we were hitching seemed to be gay. We talked about being gay. And I thought that was funny. I'm like, haha, they pulled me over because they're gay and they recognize it from afar. So, you know, you know, so little happy moments. But being trans, I am not enough. Like, people read me as gay, for sure, because I've got, well, right now I'm rocking a mullet, which I'm excited about. But I have a short haircut, <laughs> and, you know, I will casually drop it in that I'm gay just in every conversation, just in case they didn't notice. So 
being gay was brought up quite often, but being trans um, wasn't brought up very often. But I would just point it out just at random because, you know, Harvey Milk, you know somebody. They're just not saying it or you're not realizing it. So I try to, you know, say, yeah, I'm, you know, trans. Once I figured it out, I would tell everybody because whatever. If you don't like me, then don't hike near me. I'm already black and you know, woman, so, you know, what else? Um, <laughs> and, and you but, figured it out on trail, right? Which is, yeah, which is funny because, like, I told my I told my family afterwards and my family was like, huh, you know, it's funny. I'm just realizing that that makes a lot of sense. And I actually never thought about it either. Like, because people have asked me, like, do you want to be a guy? Like, are you trans to male? And I'm like, hell no. I definitely don't want to be a dude. Like, no offense to you guys. I just don't want to be a guy. And they're like, well, do you want to be a girl? And I'm like, no. No, definitely not. And so I never really, like, thought about the fact that there was an in-between. And then realizing that there was an in-between and realizing, duh, of course that's what I am. Like, how have I not noticed this? <laughs> happened on trail. So once that once that happened and I realized it, I was like, boop, 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 telling everybody. Everybody should know. <laughs> Exciting announcement. Yeah, I mean, I'm walking around naked, so it's not like I can tell you anything else you don't know. But yeah, because I'm naked, you can see that I have breasts. So you know I'm a girl. And you know that I look like a girl, but being trans wasn't very obvious. Well, there were some people who've had top surgeries and they had, you know, breast surgeries. And since I was naked, they felt comfortable. And, you know, the queerness, you feel it. And the family, you feel it. And they would get naked in front of me. And I'm like, ooh, who did you go to? Was it this person? Was it that person? Like, your scars are look like they're not even there. You know, so I had conversations with people who were like, how did you know? How did you recognize them? Like, oh, because I can see that little lateral incision right there. I'm like, that is so clean, so well done. It blends in so well. But I made wedding cakes for 12 years, so nobody else was going to notice. But I noticed, and I want to know who it was. And it was always the same person. It was the person that I've been looking at for my top surgery as well. So it made me even happier. But I, you know, I asked them, like, how is it on trail? And they would be like, you're the first person who noticed. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, sorry. I only noticed because I'm like hyper aware of it at the moment. And, you know, I'm shopping around for a top surgery person. And they're like, yeah, no one's, no one's noticed or, or not cared, but they didn't, they weren't bothered by it. So they didn't like, make a great. deal about it. Yeah, they didn't make a big deal about it. I had one person make a big deal about it. And it's because I made, we were, we had become like trail family on trail. And we ended up talking about top surgery and they were very upset that I was wanting top surgery. And then some things got brought forward that I was like, Oh, I don't think, um, I don't think this is going to be my trail family anymore. I think I'm never actually going to talk to this person again. And I haven't, I haven't talked to them since that conversation. So there was one incident and it was with somebody who felt comfortable enough with me to talk to me about that but of course they're turf you know um they were queer themselves so that of course made it worse for me but yeah it was it was only one one person of the you know bunches of people that i felt like i should tell you my new thing because you know, we talk about everything um so yeah there's only one person who brought that up and 
they were no, they were not okay with it. But a lot of other people were like, cool, whatever. Like, Congratulations about learning more about yourself. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. But I'm wondering, do you think that this jacket looks or smells clean enough to wear it to the grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, neither, no, no, definitely not. We should find rental clothes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... Um, I've had a lot of people ask me about, oh, I'm thinking about doing it. I want to do it. Do it. Go for it. You know, the the couple of trans people that I know that are that finished it, they were, you know, they did a good job. Proud of them. I don't know how many of them are out, so I won't use any of their names. Um, but, you know, they did it. They didn't have any problems that I know of. I've asked some of them, too. Like, hey, you know, people have been asking me, have you had problems? And they're like, no. People don't know. The only person who knows on the whole trail was you, you know. So I'm like, thank you. I noticed. I'm proud of myself. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to know who did your surgery because it looks so good. (laughs) So, yeah. Gay, no one cared. Trans, mostly nobody cared. So. Yeah. Yeah. More people sadly did care that I was black. That was, it was brought up way more often, but mostly by off trail people trail towns and you know um, not by people who are hiking with me only those weird little occasional comments the ones that you don't feel like are really racist exactly but then you realize later when someone puts it into perspective that asking why you're the only black person that they've seen on trail sounds very racist those type of comments it's the little microaggressions that don't that somebody can pass yeah exactly that that somebody can pass off as like oh i didn't mean anything by asking that question but yeah they're really being aggressive when they're asking it and like at the same time like we are all at fault because let's be real when i saw i'm gonna call him out by name when i saw panda on trail i gave him a huge hug and he hugged me back super hard. And he's like, oh, they're a black person. Like, <laughs> you exist. I'm so happy that we can both talk about the fact that other people are pointing out the fact that we exist on trail. And, you know, he was, he's a happy like me. But, um, you know, do I notice he exists? Hell yeah. Did I point out the fact that he exists? Hell yeah. But did I ask him why he exists? No, not once. Of course he exists because he wants to be on trail. That's why he's here. So, you know, acknowledging my existence is great. I am here and I am black and you are here and you are whatever the hell has, you know, mound together to make you. But awkwardly commenting about why I'm here. It's because my mom went on a bike ride and I got jealous, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Where can people find you? Should they have other questions for you? Oh, yeah, you can message me on Instagram, like, anytime. I might not always respond after 8 p.m. because I go to bed, like a baby at 8 p.m. But um, I'm on Instagram, uh, PCT Wallace, but it's one so it's pctwa11 acew yeah okay where where did the wallace come from high school (laughs) okay 
I wasn't paying attention in the class and I thought we were writing down our nicknames and really we were writing down our teacher's name from the year before. So I wrote down like, yeah, I thought we were writing down teacher's name from the year before, but we were supposed to be writing down our nicknames because a lot of people in my, in my AP science class had a given name, but then went by a nickname and the kid in front of me had written Yang twice. And I was like, okay, well, Mr. Yang, of course you had Mr. Yang. So then I wrote Wallace, Wallace, and went back to sleep because it's green sheet day and I didn't care about high school. I don't know how I graduated or why I was in an AP science class. Do not ask those questions because I do <laughs> not know. I graduated with a 0.82. Hopefully this doesn't get me looked into and have my high school diploma removed. Um, but That takes a yeah, lot of work I, to get that kind of a grade. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how I graduated. I'm literally not kidding. Yeah, so I slept through the rest of that class and probably the next week before I realized that everybody in that class was calling me Wallace, including the teacher, and I didn't know why. And then it just stuck because all my friends made fun of me for everybody calling me Wallace. And then I was like, you know what? Much easier to say than Chandra, which is my real name. <laughs> and I've gone by Wallace since freshman year of high school. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, it, that was because it was confusing me, like looking on your Instagram where you're the little, you know, about me section. It says Wallace Stark Naked. And I was like, yeah, so is it Wallace or is it Chandra or is it Stark Naked or is it something else? <laughs> yeah. Well, my partner calls me Wallace. My mom calls me a pain in the butt. And I prefer <laughs> Wallace. <laughs> yeah, moms get away with that. Yeah. yeah, she had seven of us, and I weighed 10 pounds when I was born, so she can call me whatever she wants. Baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the PCT, or within your experience of the PCT, what is one of your favorite memories? Oh, man. Uh, well, I can't get into some of those, because people would not approve. Um <laughs> Well, physically on trail, one of my favorite things was the hot springs, which I cannot remember the name of at the moment. Um, it was in the desert area, and it was like waterfalls into hot springs, and there's a lot of day hikers there. But it was 420, and it was Easter weekend, and we thought it was going to be full of people who smoke weed, and I am one of the few people who is allergic to weed. And if you're smoking weed around me, I get a bloody nose or I cough and get a little bit of blood in my mouth. Or when I was younger, I'd have more violent reactions and I'd literally like throw up and there would be blood in it. So I'm not a big fan of weed. And I thought we were going to get to these hot springs and I was going to have to leave. But by some miracle, there was like three people there and just male, I and three people, two ladies and a man. And when we woke up in the morning, there's a lot more people. But that night, there was nobody. And the hot springs were amazing. I loved every second of it. And we had, like, hiked a lot of miles that day. Well, it felt like a lot of miles to get there. So we spent the night there, and that was pretty nice. That was a really good just, like, treat in the middle of the hike. Like, we didn't have to go off trail to go do anything cool. I really liked that day. And then the other one 
would probably be Baden Powell. We both had gear that we hadn't really tested in snow. And we were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to hike up to the top of Baden Powell in the middle of the night <laughs> and set up our tent and see how well our snow, our gear does in the snow and if we can sleep or whatever. So <laughs> we went to hike in from whatever town that was up to Baden Powell and we did not do the best of jobs hiking up the trail because it was our first like big snow, not bunny trailed experience. And everybody was going just straight up the hill. They weren't taking the switchbacks or the trail or any of it. So we just went straight up and there was a point where I lost my footing and I slid probably 20, 25 feet and caught myself with a tree. And that's when we were both like, let's just, stop hiking in the middle of the night in the snow like what are we doing and set up our tent <laughs> we did not summit we were a mile away from the top at, according to the trail line so it was all switched back so we don't know how far we were from the top but we we stopped there and we drank some hot chocolate and we laughed and we spent the night in the coldest night in the snow ever because our sleeping pads were terrible for snow <laughs> And uh, it was one of those, ha, 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 we should have probably learned this kind of stuff before we went into the snow. And I'm happy we learned it before the Sierras. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, the next day we, we were wo- awoken by our buddies who were hiking up pretty far away from us. Like We were nowhere near the same spot that we heard them hiking through. And we're like, oh, we should probably get to hiking now. Um, but things were wet and soaked and it was, it was a learning experience and we laughed. The next day when we started hiking, I think I made it like half a mile from the tent before I got so sick I could barely move and I had to lay down and Mayo wrapped me in a sleeping bag and ate my peanut m and and, or almond m and I, <laughs> it was, it was a very like, oh gosh, what are we doing? I'm happy that we have each other moment. <laughs> but yeah. Was it altitude? It was, uh yeah. It was it was definitely a um I'm sick moment. Um yeah, it was I had to definitely take a break. <laughs> it was a monthly time too, so there was uh, a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of stuff coming at you at one time. Yeah, it was it was a, lot, a whole lot of things. So it was fun, but then off trail, definitely my favorite thing off trail, but still kind of on trail was Potato Hill. Those days doing trail magic for people, it was it was it was a full blown like blessing. I definitely maxed out one of my credit cards there. I think I spent I think I spent four thousand dollars in food for my trail magic time. So it wasn't an inexpensive experience, but it was totally worth it. I got to see a foreigner watch the Lion King for the first time. (laughs) He stayed up all night to finish it. 
and he clapped at the end and I was like, this is what, like, this is what trail and meeting people and experience, like all of this is about. Um, I waited out a hailstorm that I thought might, it was going to break all my windows that had lightning and lightning hit across the path from where I was. That was, you know, camp in itself. And then just meeting all these people and there's all these fresh Southbounders who are just starting and they're just getting down and all these like old wisdom northbounders who some of them were just about to be some of the very first finishers of the trail who had gone through all the Sierras and all that. I ran into some trail family that I started with that like Chef um, Chef Toots was at Scout and Frodo with me and we hiked together for a lot of the very beginning. And when I did trail magic, there he is. And he had hiked through the Sierras and did the whole thing to that point. And he finished it. And, you know, I got to see all these people that some I had never seen before and some, you know, who knows if I'll ever see again. And it was just like a big, like kind of like a family reunion with, you know, people you've definitely learned to love. And then you're like, who's this cousin I've never met? <laughs> There's always a few. Yeah. And then some of those people I met were like, I'm going to trail days. And, you know, I went to trail days. And even though I was so bummed that I didn't finish and I'm seeing people who did finish at that point and um, seeing some people who are just getting there, they were trail family and all that, you know. And then some people walking up to me and be like, oh, we did the desert together. We did some of, like, I saw you at Bishop or Kearsarge or wherever, you know, and then, um, oh, you did trail magic for me, or, hey, you brought me to the hospital, just letting you know, my foot was broken, you know, just like, <laughs> it was, the trail magic was amazing, I actually have been talking to my partner about potentially purchasing a home in Tahoe area near the trail so that we can be residents trail magic people because I think that that would be something I, I really want to put my time into because wow doing trail magic was it was very expensive but it was definitely it was definitely a really big positive experience in my life so, it filled you up yeah and it made me it made it easier to leave trail so I really appreciate that aspect of it it sounds amazing to to do that and to see sort of the crossing of the north and the south yeah through it was a really good spot. <laughs> <laughs> and i can imagine like the south banners coming down and they're all fresh faced and still really excited about it and the north banners are like we just gotta get done okay come on we just gotta get done well what's funny is that i had a mix of that and i also had um these south banders who were like well, trail magic where somebody's willing to make you dinner and breakfast and play you a movie. This is commonplace. This is what I'm expecting the whole time. And then you have these <laughs> North founders who are like, oh my gosh, I have not had good trail magic like this either at all or since Southern California, you know? So <laughs> it was like, it was funny. It was like, you have these people who kind of like me are just like, you know, we're, we're, this is what we expect. This is how great it's going to be the whole time. And then you're like, oh, wow, there's 
there was no trail magic for me at all in Oregon. And then, except for the one person that I called, um, Becky with a hat. She's amazing. Definitely magic. She's a magic human being. Um, but other than that, yeah, we, I didn't have any. So it was, it was, it's very interesting. The different perspectives that you gain throughout the whole trail and how different it feels at different stages. <laughs> it's in your, it's in your blood now. Yeah. I mean, I, there was three boys that, um, for trail magic, I think they were my favorite group of human beings on the trail. They were so die hard together. I was so happy for them. Um, I ended up doing trail magic for them multiple times, which is funny. I met them on potato Hill and they wanted to, they wanted to keep on going. And I was like, well, you could just say, I'll make you something, you know, I'll make you dinner or whatever. And they're like, ah, oh, you know what? We're watching Lion King tonight. And I was like, yeah. Like, you know, we'll, we'll stay. We'll play games and cause I have board games and all kinds of stuff. They're like, we'll play games and we'll, we'll do whatever. And they used my stove so that they could have warm food because they had been cold soaking. And in the morning they were getting ready. And I was like, do you guys want eggs and whatever? And they're like, you're going to do that? And I'm like, yeah. I'm making breakfast burritos, you know, I have chorizo if you want meat and whatever. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is literally the best thing ever. And it was raining the whole time that I was there. So like people were very happy to see me. But those, those three boys were super adorable. I've, I've um, tried to hang out with one of them. I, one of them lives in Colorado. Like we just ended up not being able to have enough time. I was in Colorado for a little bit, but we ended up not having time before COVID to, hang out but yeah those those boys are definitely people I'm, you know met with trail magic i will i will probably always keep in contact with them forever even though it was what, five days of us actually meeting and hanging out i i got food at the big trail days event to bring to trail and they were at one of the cabins that i decided to bring a bunch of bagels too. It's like, well, I get to see you guys again. You're so cute. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it's funny the little, little attachments you make to people that because you're on trail, you're immediately like you, you've got to be good people. Cause we have a lot of these big, crazy dream in common. <laughs> notes can be found on our website at hiking-through.com. Special thanks to Chandra for sharing their stories from the trail and Maya Wynn for the use of the song Try Again. On next week's episode, I'll be talking with Sisyphus, known off-trail as Will Peterson. He hiked the AT in 2019 and had plans for hikes this season until COVID, but found an outlet for all his training with an unsupported FKT of the New Hampshire 4,000 footers, also known as the Diretissima. I hope that this conversation, these conversations, inspire you to get out there and have a few hiker trash moments of your own. I'll see you on the trail. Mm-hmm.